a day on a Wednesday. Bill Michael Show on the air. Feeling good today. A little bit better each and every day. And uh, for those that uh, may be wondering, uh, battle, it wasn't COVID. It was more of a flu. Uh, the one thing I have not been able to do is sleep at night because my head turns to cement. I know it's dry air, and I have uh, I have baseboard and radiant heat in the house, and I know the house is really dry. I have, I have an April air system. I have no idea what it does. I have no idea how to use it. And uh, I have no idea who works on those. So if anybody out there listening knows about these things, uh, give me a shout and let me know. Or just hit us up on Twitter, over on Facebook, whatever. But uh, but I, I figure maybe it's the humidity in the house. Other than that, good to go. As today's a big day. Today's a big day in many sense. Uh, today is Announcement Wednesday. We've got a couple of our own. Uh, the Big Ten making an announcement. So that's, uh, that's going on today. Then you've got Matt LaFleur taking to the podium coming up here in a little while. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going to be speaking today. Did Aaron Rodgers get Joe Judge fired? Ben, did you watch that on the McAfee show yesterday? Yes, I did. I have the audio as well. Do you really? I think Aaron Rodgers. Now, if you go by the conspiracy theorists, I feel like I'm watching the Ancient Aliens program. Conspiracy theorists say... And that's like a drinking game, I guess, uh, among those who watch that show consistently. Um, that the Giants are interested in the possibility of acquiring Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, basically alluded to the fact that Joe Judge, running jumbo goal line package, and on third and nine, running a quarterback sneak deep in his own territory so he can get enough room for his punter to punt. Um kind of made light of that situation and subsequently it was only about hours after that when it went so viral that the Mara family decided yeah Joe Judge is not our guy he's not our guy if we have any shot of attracting Aaron Rodgers to New York with the couple of first round draft choices that we have in our quiver uh yeah we are, we're going to need to come to the table with a, a better coach. So they then fired Joe Judge after that, after he became a punchline. So Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, uh, when asked about uh, going jumbo and quarterback sneak deep in your own territory on second and nine and third and nine to get room for your punter, at the end of the season in a game in which you're just trying to get some momentum and get some wins, this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the possibility of Matt LaFleur ever doing something like that. You know, this this idea that they wouldn't have kicked it because of catastrophe. You know, getting it blocked. Like it's just look, you play to win the game. I don't know nobody wants to be a part of that. You want to get the playoffs of course, nobody wants to be a part of like kneeling the shit out to take a tie. I would lose my mind. I, you know what would make me lose my mind almost as much as that? Third and nine on the minus five. Oh. Let's go in, in uh, goal line personnel and run a QB sneak. <laughs> yeah, you would, you, would, you would call time out there? We'd audible? Hey, call, call that one in, Matt, and let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't flying. Oh, that would be awesome. There you go. Call that blank, Matt. See what happens. Yeah, I'm not running that. No, no, that that'll never happen. And it was right after that 
that suddenly the New York Giants, as they sat in the ivory tower that is MetLife Stadium, and they went, hmm. There's two people, two or three people in the National Football League that speak, that carry serious weight. Serious weight. Okay? Uh, One is Tom Brady, two is Aaron Rodgers, and three is probably Belichick. Can you think of anybody else, Ben, in the National Football League that would speak out and say something that would have an impact and a ripple effect through the league more so than those three people? I would say Goodell, but he never speaks, so no. Right, no. He he, he never, yeah. Maybe Jerry Jones because it's funny. Jerry Jones, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Jerry Jones, maybe. Because Jerry Jones spoke yesterday. Did you hear that? No. It's Super Bowl or bust for Mike McCarthy. Jerry just threw his guy right out there. Said, no, no, our success is Super Bowl. That's it. This year, it's Super Bowl. So Jerry's basically laying down a gauntlet. Now, I get it. Everybody wants to win. And if Jerry backed off of, hey, we've already had a good season, we just count our blessings, and then people would lose their damn mind in Cowboy Nation. I get that. But Jerry put it out there. It's like, no, we're here to win a Super Bowl. That's it. That's it. That's what I, my expectation is. So Jerry kind of tossed, tossed Mike McCarthy out there and just said, hey, Mike, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're here to win it, and uh, anything less is uh, unacceptable. No more pajama parties on the back of the yacht. No more coming over to the house and eating up all my popcorn and all my brisket. Uh, No, it ain't happening. No, no, no. No, no, no. But, uh, but yeah, so Rodgers dropping that little tidbit yesterday. Suddenly, the next thing you know, Joe Judge is out on his ass. He's looking for a job. He may get another one down the road somewhere, but that was the straw. That I mean, that camel was already going, you know, and that was it. Rogers came out, made fun of you, and the Mara family said, okay, we, we can't deal with this clown anymore. We got to get rid of this guy. All of his bravado and pounding on the table and acting hard-ass and still walking away with playing scared for a punter. No, we're done. Talk to you later. So, so that's it. Rogers, uh, I think, got Joe Judge fired. Now, the conspiracy theories begin. Denver. They're going to interview both Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze. Somebody from Green Bay is coming to Denver because we want to make a deal for Aaron Rodgers. We want to bring him to the AFC. We've got a good defense. We believe a good quarterback with the weapons we have and a couple of draft choices. Going to put us over the top. We're going to do everything we can to make Aaron happy. We want Aaron in the Mile High City. His girlfriend, she's, she's, she's got a house here. We're going to bring him in. We're going to give him his own set of skis. We'll let him do whatever he wants. He can, he, can, he can sit in John Elway's booth. I don't care. All of that. Whatever he wants to do, he can do. So we believe they're gearing up for a run. Uh, then, as it was stated uh, in, uh, in New York, that the possibility that maybe the Giants wanted to get into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes with the they got two first-round draft choices, that they could possibly want to trade some of that away and pick up the veteran QB. But they can't do it with a goofy head coach, so they wanted to dump their head coach and possibly get into this mix. To disrespect the game. Yeah. Gonna not gonna disrespect the game. It's, it's, it's crap. Oh, by the way, the Bears, the Bears, Elliot Wolf is interviewing for the general manager gig there. 
Elliot Wolf. So they're trying to pilfer out of the Green Bay Packers former cupboard. Surprised they didn't call Dorsey. I don't know if Dorsey would go there, but I'm surprised they didn't call Dorsey. But nevertheless, they're trying to pilfer out of the uh, the Packers cupboard. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on. It has Green Bay fingerprints all over it. A lot of people, a lot of people right now looking over that fence. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers also, uh, we'll hear more from him, but uh, he also got into the discussion about uh, maybe I'll play till, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm having fun and, and 40, 45, you know, you can't play till you're 70. You know, can't play till you're 70, but uh, I'm going to continue to have fun and I can still play and there's a lot more more reason for me to play. By the way, Think about this. Was it a good move or a bad move to draft Jordan Love? Jordan Love gets drafted. Aaron Rodgers has what I consider to be back-to-back MVP seasons. Lit the fire, you know? Put all of this into motion. Does it all work out in the end? I was asked today, I was on with Dave Carney up on the cross. He's like, was this the right move? Does it all work out in the end? Well, two things to look at. One is if uh, the Packers and Rodgers come to some kind of harmonious agreement and he remains a Green Bay Packer for the remainder of his career. Yes, it does. But if it doesn't and Rodgers moves on, uh, no, because Jordan Love is exactly what I thought he was. He's at best a second to third round draft choice, should have been. And I don't think he's an above average quarterback. Now, whether or not he develops to be an average quarterback or what have you, we'll wait and see. But, um, And I know that's early to proclaim because many of you will go crazy when you when you hear that. But I, until he proves me different, I always thought he was a, a low second-round, high third-round draft choice. That's what he was projected to be. Apparently, there was only one or two teams, one of them being the Green Bay Packers, that thought he was worth jumping up to get. Other than that, nobody else was going for him. So I, I don't have expectations of Jordan Love. So we'll see if it actually propels it forward during this whole last dance part deux type of thing for the Green Bay Packers. What a, what a good stuff. What a good start today. What a good start today. Uh 877-867-1670 um the uh, Randy says, "Do you think the Super Bowl venue change has uh something to do with California limiting attendance?" Uh they are not changing it. Just an FYI. From what I heard, I uh, was told yesterday that the CDC in L.A. County is not going to make any changes to any mandates uh, until after Super Bowl, if necessary. They are not losing the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl will be held in Los Angeles. So not even a not even a topic of discussion at this point. Uh, Robin says, can an unvaccinated player play in California? I have to believe that the Rams and the 49ers have to have some players who are unvaccinated. Could this be one of the reasons the NFL is looking for Dallas as a Super Bowl site? No, it's not. They're not moving it. They're not doing anything with it. Uh, the mandates for the rules regarding the NFL um, – when you talk about protocols and such for uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated players, same thing. It applies in New York uh, as well. Um, the NFL rules have covered all of this. So if players are playing, it's because they followed the rules and the uh, local municipalities are good with it. Just an FYI. 
so you know. So we're all good. Everything's good. We're all forging forward to L.A. As a matter of fact, I got a meeting later today about Super Bowl, about our Super Bowl coverage, which I can't wait for. I'm hoping it all works out. Uh, Derek says, well, if that isn't the uh, following, if that isn't following the science, the Super Bowl drives a decision. Yep. You know why, Derek? Let me say this. And I, I really, I, I get where people come from. I'm, I'm not falling on either side. But my point is, uh, for all the vaccinations and all the boosters and all the people sitting in line and all the people that are panicking and all the people that are out there getting tests, okay, uh, the Omicron variant is massive. It is sweeping. And at some point, I would assume everybody's either been exposed to it or has gotten it. Okay? Um, you're not stopping this thing. You're not. It is highly, highly contagious. And because it is proven to be uh, a lot less severe than actual COVID or the Delta variant, which the Delta variant is almost gone now, I guess. It's only 2% of the population that's actually testing positive for any type of COVID. It's the Omicron variant that's the dominant variant. I think I saw those uh, numbers today was 98% of the people have Omicron. Uh, that it's, it's, it's like a really bad case of the flu. And I'm not making fun of COVID in that sense. I'm not. But the, the Omicron variant has a lot less severity to it than the Delta variant. So that's the reason they're like, no, we're not, we're not shutting everything down for this. You get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. So that's the reason. I don't, my whole thing is when people, why are people, why are thousands of people in line getting tested? I can see if you're going to go see your elderly father or you've got somebody in your family, maybe with an immune deficiency of some type. But if you're just going to get tested just to get tested, because there's a lot of people I, that, that I know that have gotten tested that have zero symptoms. They went just to get tested, and they tested positive. And I said, well, why did you go to get tested? And they said, well, because. And I said, so the numbers are going up. People are going crazy. But you don't have any symptoms, and you're getting tested just to get tested. Was there a reason why? No. I had an hour at lunch. I figured I'd go get tested. Okay. But you don't have any symptoms. And you work from home. Is there a point to this? I, I'm just asking, just to ask. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, so I can see why maybe the numbers are being driven up a little bit. But uh, they figure over the next week. I mean, New York is starting to deteriorate a little bit. It's starting. The numbers are starting to go down. So it is what it is. Hey, Randy, if you don't like it, turn somewhere else. I'll block you. Okay, how about that? There you go. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I was just asking a question. 877-867-1670, So, no, the Super Bowl is staying in L.A. So now it's all full steam ahead, so we all congregate as Packers fans. Hopefully the Green Bay Packers are going to be there. We all congregate as Packers fans. We go out and have a good time. There you have it. 877-867-1670. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. More on the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. To disrespect the game, 
by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can help those players win. Ooh, Welcome back to the program. No, oh, no, as long as I'm, you know, you, you, you go play to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to have you. Bill Michael's show continues on. Here's a question for you, and I hate that I'm actually doing this, but because I, I, it, it makes me kind of implode on myself. But I, I got to admit, I saw it in Pro Football Focus, and then I thought about it, and I thought, boy, this is an incredible, uh, incredibly interesting topic. And then I saw that Skip Bayless did it, so it makes me feel dirty, you know? It's kind of like finding out the the girl that you really like, you know, and you're like, man, I'd really like to take her out. I, I'm going to take her out. She's a really, really cool girl. I got a lot in common. And then you find out she's a stripper, you know, and now you're like, oh, God, nothing against strippers. You know, it's just that everybody's seen you naked and I, I, I don't I don't it makes me feel bad, you know. OK. All right. Ben, you ever dated a stripper? I've not, nor okay. do I have a monkey. Uh, you don't have a pole assassin mon monkey. Uh, okay, gotcha. For those that uh, pay attention to the show, you know what we're talking about. For those that don't, you're going to look it up. Uh, but Skip Bailey's brought this up, and I, I was going to do it this morning, and I man, now I feel bad. But uh, Pro Football Focus rates their all-pro team. What two quarterbacks do you think that they chose for the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year? Any guess, Ben? Brady and Joe Burrow. You are correct. So the argument is, if Brady and Joe Burrow are the top-rated quarterbacks, then how can you have Aaron Rodgers be an MVP? That's, and that's, that's a legitimate question. That's a legitimate question. <sighs> Tom Brady's rated number. Uh, now, uh, some of these ratings are a little bit skewered because I know if you look at it, number one is C.J. Beathard, but he only played in a game, and, and he had a good rating, and that was the reason he was near the top. But the top three quarterbacks are Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers is number four. Tom Brady ranked 92. Joe Burrow, 91.7. Uh, Justin Herbert, 90.1. Aaron Rodgers, 90. Followed by Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Brian Hoyer, and then Ryan Tannehill tied at number 10. So the question is, if Tom Brady and Joe Burrow are the top two quarterbacks, then why in the world can Aaron Rodgers... How in the world can Aaron Rodgers win the overall MVP? Joe Burrow, when it came to the best passer this season, Joe Burrow was number one. Tom Brady, number two. Kyler Murray, number three. Aaron Rodgers, number four. Think about that. Uh, when it came to completion percentage, Joe Burrow, number one. Kyler Murray, number two. Aaron Rodgers, number three. When it came to touchdowns, Tom Brady was number one. Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, then Aaron Rodgers, number four. 
When it came to the fewest, with the most games played, the fewest number of interceptions, Aaron Rodgers, number one in the National Football League. Number one. Number one. And Rodgers, uh, when it comes to drops this year, uh, he had the, the one of the least amount of drops overall when it came to the drop rate. Justin Herbert had the number one amount of drops. Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and on down the line from there. Aaron Rodgers, because his completion percentage was so high, his drop rate was at 24, which puts him lower, lower end of the National Football League. So the argument is, well, wait a minute. Rodgers, if he's the third-ranked or fourth-ranked or fifth-ranked quarterback in the National Football League, the problem you is when you start when I read you all these statistics, he's in the top three or four in every category. Number one in not turning the ball over. Number one in touchdown interception ratio. Number three in completion percentage. And the reason he doesn't have as many drops is because he puts the ball on the mark more often than not in percentage to drop back. Now you look at the amount of injuries. The strength of schedule. Strength of schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, just as hard. They had quite a few injuries down the stretch. Rodgers had to deal with an entirely new offensive line by the season midway point. And Rodgers meant the most to his team. So how can Rodgers be the MVP when you look at the season that Joe Burrow had and the season that Tom Brady had? I think it's a legitimate argument. But... But I honestly, this is one of these great discussions. And you know why? Because there's really not a winner here, but everybody has a terrific point. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Tom Brady is the guy that has taken his team in back-to-back seasons, a new franchise, goes there, wins a Super Bowl, comes out, lights it up all over again. They have a bunch of injuries. They have a bunch of defensive problems. Their secondary is decimated, and they continue to win. Absolutely. Tom Brady should be in the discussion. Joe Burrow, look what he's done for that franchise. He made Zach Taylor a household name, okay? He has been nothing but fantastic in Cincinnati. And had it not been for numerous drops early on in the season between Jamar Chase and some of the other wide receivers and a really craptastic offensive line, he would have had an even better season. Joe Burrow is a guy you circle and you watch because that guy is going to be a legitimate superstar. Kyler Murray had a hell of a year, but after the injury, he just wasn't the same quarterback. He was on pace to have an unbelievable season. But after the injury, just wasn't the same. Didn't have the same completion percentage, same accuracy, same touch. He started throwing picks. Dak Prescott's had an up-and-down season. You can start to go through a lot of these different quarterbacks and look at it in that way. Rodgers has just been consistent. He had one bad game. That was the first one of the season. That was it. Beyond that, he's been pretty, pretty on the money. The other game he's being penalized for is the game he didn't play in. Because he wasn't there, and they didn't beat Kansas City. But there is no bad argument here, which is great. This is what adults in a bar talking sports, sharing beverages is all about. But it's a legitimate question. Uh, George says Skip Bayless is the GOAT. I don't know on what parameter. You rate Skip Bayless as the GOAT. But 
I'm not going to argue with you, but whatever it is you're smoking, share with the rest of the class. That's all I got to say. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hey, before we go any further, Matt LaFleur just getting to the podium, starting to talk to the media. Let's take a listen to the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and what he has to say. Do you have an update on whether or not Z will be on the practice field today? Yeah, Z will be out there today. Mike Spofford. Yeah, Matt, so what's uh, what's the objective? What are you looking to get out of these next, uh, you know, three practices that you're holding this week? What, what are you trying to do? Well, I would say uh, – Number one, making sure that we're staying in football shape, and especially with some of the guys that are coming back, it's a great opportunity to use this time effectively to, you know, up their conditioning levels. I would say, and acclimating ourselves with the elements outdoors. Well. There you go. The, uh, the, the podcast cut out or whatever it is that uh, they do up there. Not the podcast, but their, their, own, uh, their own system. So the Packers. Uh, the one thing, I was discussing this yesterday. The one thing about the Green Bay Packers when it comes to their Zoom press conferences, they're behind the times in technology. Hard to believe, but they are. They've been trying to uh, kind of advance this now for a while, but... Uh, they've been trying to do this to where uh, it gets better. I believe it's coming back. Let's see if it's come back. Would be happy for him and his family if, if he gets that op. It still stinks. Come on, man. You're the Green Bay Packers, for God's sakes. You got to hold these things virtually, and then the whole thing stinks to begin with. So, yeah, it's tough. Uh, anyway, uh, the audio is uh, is not good, but the good news right out of the shoot is that uh, there will be Zadaria Smith sightings on the field today. So that's the good news. So hopefully, uh, he comes back and in the next couple of practices you're looking for soreness you're also looking for discomfort all of that and if he plays and practices without discomfort then the likelihood of him just hitting a treadmill and starting to get some conditioning and such and doing some workout drills going to be highly anticipated and he's not going to be an every down guy that's that's not going to happen uh, but he will be a key cog when it comes to passing down situations. Let's let's try it one more time and see if the Packers have fixed this thing. ...against our friends all the time in this league, many of them, and you never want to do that, but at the same time, we all got a job to do, so it's not a shocker to me. Just they, they get to see us twice a year and just um, how we operate and um, the success that we've had. I would say on the offensive side of the ball in particular with those guys, um, yeah, it wouldn't be a shock for me for them to want to interview 
uh, Hackett, and or Getze. Steve McGargy. Regarding your offensive line, do you have a pretty good idea of how you're going to arrange the starting five depending on Turner's health? Or is it a deal where some of those spots are still going to be up for competition this next week and a half or so? Well, I would say they're always up for comp- competition. Um, obviously, it's it's predicated on who's available. Um, we definitely have a plan. I'm sure you guys would love to hear our plan, but uh, I'm going to keep our plan secret for now. Mike Clemens. Sunday night, Derek Carr walks off the field after a big win for the Raiders, and he tells Michelle, you know what? Some words of encouragement I got earlier today from Aaron Rodgers helped me get through this tight ball game. And it makes me think about what you as a coach do every week as, you know, your players get their bodies back, and then that time clock starts on Friday or Saturday before Sunday's game. You know, is this something that you and the coaches talk about when – to challenge the guys, when to back off, when to let a team captain speak. Talk about that motivation. Yeah, I think it's a total feel thing. I think our captains do a great job of, um, you know, echoing or coming up with their own important message. Uh, shoot, I like listening to those guys. Uh, you always, they, they're very insightful. A lot of these guys have a lot of, of experience and, you um, they know how to deliver great messages to our team. But I think everything is kind of circumstantial in, in terms of, um, you know, it's a big time. I'd say there's a feel to it in terms of what, what do you think needs to get articulated and how you want to get that across to your team. Tom Silverstein. Hey, Matt, I know every year is different in terms of what you're going to do offensively depending on the personnel. But you knew a lot of the guys – coming back this year and then all of a sudden you you know you don't have Bakhtiari you lose Elton Jenkins Tanyan goes down you know all you know all the injuries of course how did Fortunately. that uh, <laughs> yeah literally how did that change um what you wanted to do offensively this year um and then is there things that you didn't get to that now maybe if you have Bakhtiari and have Myers back and and you can get to in the playoffs? Yeah, I think there absolutely there's always things like that, but I think that's our job as coaches is to take whoever you have available and try to put them in the best possible position. Certainly there's a framework and a foundation that's been laid in terms of schematically really in all three phases and but you can't be afraid to deviate from that at times and and adjust. I mean, that's what our, this game is all about. It's it's making the necessary do well, and then, and then put them out there. Not to say that you're not going to work on things that maybe um, aren't perceived strengths, because we're constantly challenging these guys to can to really to get into uncomfortable situations and uh, have that great attitude about it. And that's really how you grow. So, um, but yeah, I would say it's just uh, constantly evolving to try to stay one step ahead of the competition and put your guys in the best possible spot. Rob Domofsky. Matt, is it better or worse that it's harder to block guys from interviewing for jobs? I mean, what do you mean better or worse? Well, I mean, in the past, you could keep guys a little bit easier by, you know, saying, no, they can't interview for a coordinator job or can't interview for this or that. 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know if that necessarily um, breeds the type of culture that you want in your building, because if guys are constantly feeling like they're being held back or repressed, like that's just going to build up negative feelings to where they're at at that, at that moment in time. I think that it's great for these guys to get that experience. Number one, to go out and, and talk to other teams. Um, certainly. Yeah. Is it, is it a double-edged sword? Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, I'd hate to lose any of these guys, but at the same time, um, I try to put myself in their shoes and I can remember it wasn't that long ago that I was in that spot and, and people afforded me those opportunities. So I think that we have a responsibility to help continue to empower our assistant coaches and, and put them in positions to help them grow. And ultimately, you know, a lot of these guys, their goal is to, to be in that seat, to be the head coach, to run their own team. And so I think it's, it's part of our duty to, like I said, help these guys grow and, and put them in potential position for, for their own opportunity. Aaron Nagler. Coach, given that you could lose a guy or two on your staff and you'll probably be in the market, so to speak, interviewing people, at this level, at the NFL, everyone knows ball. So what is the thing you look for? What's the number one thing that differentiates a coach you want to hire as opposed to a guy who maybe is great at X's and O's but not this other? I think it's just how they collectively fit into, their, into our group. Um, I've said it many times, give me the person first, the coach second, because there's a lot of adversity that takes place in our game. And if you don't have guys that are about the right things and, and can kind of, for, for the betterment of the team, set their egos aside and their agendas aside and be all in for the team, then it's hard to get through those tough moments. And we're very, very fortunate that we have a lot of great guys on the staff um, not only on the staff, but in that locker room, because everybody has their own goals and aspirations. Um, and I think that's what drives people. But also, do you have enough self-awareness? Do you have enough humility to kind of put that aside for the betterment of the team? And we've got so many people that have done that. And I think that's a big reason why we've been able to achieve some of the success that we've had. And uh, hopefully we can continue to, you know, bring in, people like that if we are in one of those situations where we happen to lose a guy or two. Ryan Wood. Uh, you're a quarterback's coach for seven years in the league, eight and eight year at, at Notre Dame. Would you have been ready to be a head coach going from that job to from, from, from that job to the head coaching or did you need that that coordinator bridge to, to be ready? Yeah, I, I think that for, for me personally, I think I absolutely needed that. And that's a big reason why I actually left LA after that um, 2017 season, because I had just interviewed for, for Tennessee and I knew I wasn't quite where I know I wanted to be. And um, so I, I took that chance, but I think everybody's a little bit different. I don't think you necessarily have to do that. You know, I, I think I don't want to, speak for you but if you're alluding to Getze do I think he's ready I think absolutely I think he's done a great job I think he's a great communicator he's got great command I think people believe in him he's a, he's genuine he's a good person he cares about people 
Um, he's got all the qualities that you look for, I think, when, when you think about a leader. Bill Huber? Man, um, just put, put, put aside the health for Zedarius. So I think for all of us who have backgrounds, you kind of know how that goes. Assuming he's healthy for the next two weeks, what are you looking for? Well, that's a tough, tough uh, question to give you a specific answer right now. Um, we're just trying to get him to a, a position where we feel comfortable, where not only can he go out there and compete at, at a high level, but also, um, you know, he, he, he hasn't been really in this system other than one game. So we got to make sure that he understands his job responsibility first and foremost, um, because as we've seen so many times throughout the course of the season, when we have all 11 guys on the same page doing their responsibility and owning their roles, I think our defense can be pretty good. And if you have some undisciplined play, then you, you get beat. So, um, yeah, I think it's just we want to reacclimate him into practice and see how that goes and see how it all meshes before we solidify our plan. And luckily, we not only have this week, but we have next week to continue to get him up to speed, so to speak. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. We're going to come back, and uh, if there's anything more pertinent we uh, get out of Matt LaFleur, we'll get it to you. But uh, Matt LaFleur basically saying, hey, look, uh, we know the coaching staff's going to get picked over. Got Z coming back. Uh, bringing Billy Turner back, which apparently is really good news. So you're going to get three-fifths of your offensive line, most likely back on the uh, practice field and getting ready for whomever happens to come into Lambeau Field. So that's good news. you got a lot of things going on in a positive direction right now in Green Bay. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have a week of practices during their bye week, making corrections, improving execution, and preparing to face one of four teams from the wild card games. The Eagles, 49ers, Cardinals, or Rams, Matt LaFleur. You know, we're not going to cut any corners. We're going to make sure we do a great job, first and foremost, with our self-scout, and then probably take a glimpse at some of these teams that we are less familiar with and, you know, take a look at the four potential teams that we could face here in two weeks the Packers moved right tackle Billy Turner off the COVID list he's still rehabbing a knee injury Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett drawing more interest for head coaching jobs the Jaguars the Broncos and now the Chicago Bears have requested to interview the 42 year old Hackett yeah I would anticipate more interest in Nathaniel if teams are doing their homework I think he's definitely deserving of at least being in the conversation with everybody and getting an opportunity to present what he's all about to all these teams so I know if I was leading the search, he would be high on my list. On defense, Jair Alexander getting closer to returning to action after a bout with COVID. The Packers' pass defense finished in the top 10. Under defensive back coach Jerry Gray, what makes the 59-year-old Gray so relatable to his players in the secondary? Packers' safety, Darnell Savage Jr. For me, I just think the, the amount of transparency with how he communicates with us because he's been there he's he's been in different locker rooms he's seen different stuff he's been around so many different players i think it's uh it just makes it a lot more reassuring to just uh have a conversation like most of the time when we go to meetings or when we uh when we're studying football it doesn't feel like we're studying football it feels like we're just having a, a conversation amongst each other which is good anytime you can uh you know work together like that it just makes everything easier best packers 
coverage on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Welcome back to the Michael Show. Midweek on a Wednesday. Got some announcements coming up, too, which are nice. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but we just heard from Matt LaFleur uh, speaking at the podium. And, uh, you know, good news. I mean, look, uh, you know, you're trying to get Billy Turner back out there. You're getting Zedaria Smith back out there. Jair back out there. Uh, so many things going in a positive direction for the Green Bay Packers. It was good to hear. Um, and by the way, this portion of the program and Mike Clemens brought to you by our friends at BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. Uh, quiet, cozy, comfortable right there, only a mile away from Lambeau Field. So check out the Bay Family Restaurant as well, 24-7. Or I shouldn't say that, uh, seven days a week, I should say. They got it going on, not 24-7, but seven days a week. Uh, right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online to baymotelgreenbay.com. Um, all good news. I mean, Matt LaFleur knows that Nathaniel Hackett and uh, and and also uh, Luke Getze, they're going to be interviewing for jobs. But he gave you a little bit of his philosophy because you deal with adversity through the season. You deal with a lot of different things, and he wants the person over the coach because he feels it's more, in, it, it, you know, it's more important for a, a coach to be able to communicate than it is just somebody who knows X's and O's. There's a lot of guys in the business that know X's and O's, but if you don't know how to communicate, and we heard this a lot, a lot with Mike Pettin, if you don't know how to communicate, then it, it goes all for naught. So he talked a little bit about his philosophy there, uh, but nothing earth-shattering coming out of that, other than the fact that, yes, indeed, um, when uh, when it comes to getting Zedarius back in the field, it's going to happen. He did give a good answer, though, about restricting assistance from interviewing for head coaching jobs. Uh, he said he's firmly against it because he doesn't want to create tension on his staff or hold guys back from other opportunities. He said it's part of our our duty to help guys grow and, and help them move forward. So um, I, I think... When you hear that, don't you have to think to yourself that Matt LaFleur, while he's a really good coach, I think we can all agree upon that. And you're going to find out eventually how good he really is after, with life after Rodgers. But I think more so what you have found, and maybe remember going all the way back to the press conference in which he was introduced when, when Mark Murphy said, hey, I knew right away that's our guy. He might be a better leader of men or a better leader in general, uh, than just a good coach. Don't you get that sense by the way he speaks? You know? So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, that's the sense that you get. That's the sense that you get. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, Mark Schofield of NFL Wire is going to be joining us coming up in the next hour. He'll join us here at the top, and then after that, we got a couple of different things we're going to talk about. 
Some good things. Some good things. Going to make a couple of announcements, which is nice. Love it when we have good things on the horizon. Uh, with everything that's gone, and, and, and Matthew, thank you very much. Matthew says, you've had a hell of a 2021. Um, yeah. You know, I, 2021, when you, you know, I lost Mickey. I lost Elmo just recently. My dad passed away. It was a hell of a year when it came to that. But I also, you got to look at the positives, too. You know, we started in a new company, um, and it's been just wonderful for what it is we've built here. A whole new creation of platforms.